Hey everybody, it's your host, Jake Sudnick, and I'm recording today an episode of Finding Self that is really, really important to me. So far, you guys have that have been sitting here and listening to some of these early episodes, we've talked a little bit about mental health and some tips and tricks and ideas to help with where you might be in that journey personally. Now, one of the things that I set out to do with this podcast was to really tell a story of my personal journey and what brought me to where I am today in my life. Now, for the purpose of this story, what I really wanted to try and do was was start with a time in my life where I it, it kind of starts from really when I moved out of my parents' house when I was really first on my own and when I started dealing with anxiety and depression on a regular basis, when it really became a part of my life because I I was on my own. There was no one else to deal with it. There's no deflecting. It was just something that I was stuck with and, and had to find my own way around that. So the purpose of what I'm recording today was really to go over exactly how I dealt with those things. Now, this isn't going to be one episode I've got multiple parts for my whole finding self story, which is is what I'd like to call this. And the reason I'm doing it too is in in recording this and going over this with you guys, the listeners, I want to make sure that you can understand who you're listening to as a host. And then in the future, as we start bringing on more guests and, and learning about how others really make the best out of their lives and the struggles that they've dealt with, you guys can share a little bit of some of where I come from, and and we'll have a little bit of relatability there. So let's get right into it and start off with, well, we'll we'll start from the start. So so at the beginning of of this, you know, my my self, my my journey finding myself, it, it really started in a pretty rough place. I was about 19, 20 years old, and I just moved out of my parents' house. I was on my own for the first time, living on my own. I remember my first night moving into the the new house that I was in. And, uh, you know, no, <laughs> like any, I guess like any 19-year-old, you move into a completely empty box of a place where I was just lucky enough to have one chair, uh, one chair that I slept in, a big oversized chair, and a TV that was on the floor. And I think that was the only thing I had in my house outside of, you know, maybe, maybe a, a box of cereal for food. So your typical 19-year-old. Uh, when I was living on my own like this, I, and I don't know if it was being on my own that, that spurred this, it, it was just so different. I, I was doing a little bit of school part-time in, in college, but I, I hadn't decided a career or was committed to any path in my life. And I, everything really felt very up in the air. You know, I, I, had, I had a place I lived, and I had some general idea of things I might want to do, but I, I was just working, you know, paying my bills, working in a restaurant and, and trying to get by. But spending that time on my own and living by myself really came as a shock to me. And it, it wasn't too long after, within a few months, that I really started dealing with some serious social anxiety issues. The first time it really manifested itself, uh, I remember that I would be at work and sometimes you know it would start to get overwhelming and it I, I don't know what exactly triggered this because it wouldn't be that we were crazy busy or that you know 
and, and again, I was waiting tables. So it wouldn't be necessarily a stressor at work. Sometimes I would just be there and all of a sudden I'm having a panic attack. And, and I didn't really know what a panic attack was. I just know that I, I got very lightheaded. It got hard for me to, to stay on my feet. I was very, I, I would get very pale. A lot of times people that were around me would comment and be like, you look really flush. Are you sick? Are you okay? And I, I felt awful. You know, I didn't know what was going on. My heart rate would be raised and hard to control. So all of the, you know, typical panic attack things that someone might, might, uh, might get. But at the time, I, I didn't really know what it was. So that, that was the hard part for me. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew that I felt awful. And, and then sometimes the only thing that would help is just to go home and lay down and try and force myself to sleep if I could. And, and that was my, my coping mechanism. So there would be days where I would be fine and then it would just hit me and I'd have to leave work. And it was, it was rough for a while because my only, my only coping was going home. And, and at some point, I don't know if by making that decision of like just leaving the situation and trying to get back to a place where I felt felt I could rest or felt safe uh, created a, a problem for me where in going out, I would start to have real, real social anxiety where there was about a year of my life, um, and I, I can't remember exactly when, it was in my early 20s, that I struggled to leave the house every every day. Like I, I finally got into a rhythm enough where I could go to work, and most days I wouldn't have issues with panic attacks, but the idea of going out to dinner with somebody, even even a close friend that I knew very well, was overwhelming. I, I tried several times to go out and I remember, <laughs> you know, I remember going and meeting somebody out and then after ordering food, just getting overwhelmed and starting to have those feelings come up, uh, those panic attack feelings coming up and having to leave, you know, before food even got there. And I just would offer to pay my portion of the bill and apologize and head home. And that had happened several times. Luckily, my, my friends were very understanding of where I was coming from and some of the issues I was dealing with. I, I still hadn't really understood what I was dealing with, but I just knew I felt terrible. So I'd ask, you know, I, I'd politely excuse myself and they were always understanding about it. So I, I appreciate that. And when it started to really get bad, I, I remember there being maybe a three or four day period where I s could not slow my heart rate down. It had gone on for, you know, several days at that point, and I said I I, I talked to my my parents and my uh, for whatever reason it my aunt and uncle I don't remember if my parents weren't around or, or what what it was but I, I remember talking to them specifically being like I'm just not feeling well I haven't been able to slow my heart rate down I've felt awful like I was having a heart attack and I, I think I need to go. I think I need to go to a doctor, and I, I don't think I can wait to see a, a general doctor. I think I need to go to uh, to an urgent care or ER very very soon. And I think that those who have had panic attacks can relate to that feeling, especially when you when you don't know what it is. So I I remember sitting there, and it was late at night where I was in in a uh, in a hospital, just wondering like what was wrong with me. They hook up the EKG and all this other stuff to check and make sure that everything's going on. And as you'd expect, all of the tests come back fine. I'm in good shape, which is which is great. You know, I, I'm happy about that, but I still don't feel good. And I end up sitting down with a doctor and they do diagnose and, and tell me that, okay, this is likely that you're dealing with a generalized anxiety disorder. Um, at that point, I had to, I asked a little bit about it, but it was late at night and I was exhausted from, <laughs> from days of 
really very little sleep and and feeling so terrible. So I I took that, you know, I they gave me some some medication to try and help with it, which I I was never very fond of taking things if I if I could avoid doing it. So I I, I took that with me and went home and it, it did help calm those panic attacks and I actually I took it very sparingly I remember trying reminding myself and thinking that like this is I don't want to become dependent on on something if I can avoid it so I'm going to try and work through this um, it, it took some time but after seeing and this is you know when I say it took some time I'm talking months to a year later of dealing with this and you know sporadically every once in a while if, if they got really bad I would I would take a uh, can't remember exactly the name of the medicine but it wasn't a it wasn't something that you take regular it was to treat symptoms so I, I would I would take uh, probably like an Ativan type thing every every so often maybe it was every couple of weeks or months that would pass by I would have one if I had a really bad panic attack where I felt I couldn't manage it and it was getting out of control and that really did seem to help and curb those symptoms and it was something where I I was able to use it very sparingly so that helped me at the beginning, but I knew it wasn't really a long-term solution because I didn't want to become dependent on having to, you know, let my anxieties and, and this uh, issue with panic attacks start to run my life. I knew it was something I was going to have to deal with, but I, I had to find a way out of it. So maybe a year and a half later, I started seeing a holistic doctor and they came up with some some ideas for me, things to try to see if it would help manage those uh, manage those panic attacks. So, uh, and again, why I'm going over all of this is it really does play into my life moving forward, the new career that I'm, that I would be starting in a few years, and really just some of my life decisions and where I ended up at. So, it, it was, uh, I guess what I wanted to relay to you guys listening is really just what I was dealing with at the time, and that it, it was, you know, this has been at this point a decade long fight of, of back and forth where there's been times where it was really good and didn't bother me much. And then other times where months go by or, or longer where I had been dealing with significant issues. So back to uh, back to where we were with the holistic uh, approach. So I, I saw this one doctor and they, I really, really appreciated the fact that they were willing to work with me and try and give me some options that wasn't just take this medicine and this is what you have to do and you know there aren't any other ways out of this so it was really nice that they they came up with some ideas now some of the things that I tried taking at the beginning and and they had very and it's always tough to say what worked and what didn't because I tried a lot of these things simultaneously so I do really think it was a combination of the things that helped me uh, but there was like a uh, a type of supplement I would take, I believe it was a milky oat seed that was a um, something that essentially when you're having uh, when you're having panic attacks or a lot of anxiety, there can be issues with uh, serotonin and dopamine, how it's being produced or how it's being received. So the supplements I was getting uh, was one was a St. John's wort, the other one was a milky oat seed, and those two things. Together, I can't remember which was which. One was supposed to help with uh, production, uh, production of you know neurochemicals that help you feel better and have less of that. The other one was sup 
supposed to help with the receptors because that's the other side of it that maybe you are producing this but they're not being received or maybe you're not producing enough and that is working so I, either way those were the two supplements i was given and along with that one of the big big changes that i made was i hadn't really regularly exercised up until that point and my diet was you know i guess the diet of a, of a 19 year old kid so it wasn't very good <laughs> to say the least so I, I made a commitment because i had gone maybe a year at that point living like i was and i i wasn't willing to do that anymore i just got fed up with it and i said you know i can't do the rest of my life like this so i'm gonna make some commitments to some things uh the first two were was a more regular supplement routine which again i don't know how much it helped because all of this was happening simultaneously so it it was it, it's something to try if if that's something you're interested in but i would certainly um if you could find that type of holistic doctor that was willing to talk to you about it too that would be a, a good help and uh so the the next part was a an exercise routine i got very very into running i was really into this idea of wanting to do marathons or or really become a distance runner so i started going out and i made a, a, a goal regularly at first I, I was starting with just i, I would run till i was about tired and i would then run back if if i <laughs> because i i was very out of shape you know it was again it was 19 20 years old i hadn't really exercised i ate like crap i i really you know wasn't in a good place and then I, I didn't feel great a lot of the times because of the anxiety and panic attacks and lack of sleep and all that other fun stuff so <laughs> fun stuff <laughs> so what i what i ended up doing there i i would go and i remember my first workout routine for running would be i would run until i felt tired and i was having starting to struggle a little bit and i would turn around and at that point when i was really starting to feel pretty tired and gassed out i would make myself come back so that was my halfway point and I think the first times I was out, maybe I would go half a mile or three quarters of a mile, a mile at the very most. And, and, I, and I tried to do it every, every day. And I was, I was consistent. I, I got good at it to the point where I was going five, six days a week, uh, sometimes seven days a week. And eventually I started upping that number to where my regular daily run was about three miles. And on my... Uh, a couple days a week, I would do five miles. And then one day out of the week, when I was really at my peak trading, I would end up doing one 10-mile day every day of the week, and then the rest would be threes and fives. And it was to the point where I, I really, really got into it. got myself some new running shoes. I got some gear. I was loving it. And it, it started to give me this high that really, after maybe a few months, I was probably three, four months in, where I really stopped noticing so much of the anxiety anymore. And this was, this was really helping. It was taking away so much of that, that previous pain I was feeling and, and just the, you know, the issues with my heart because I'm like, I know I'm pushing myself and something in my head told me that like, okay, well, if I can handle this, if my body can handle this, then whatever was happening before, it's nothing. So that, that physical exertion really did something great for my mind and my body where I was in a lot better place. Now, I think I continued on that route for maybe about a year and a half. And at the, at the peak of it, I felt like I was probably in the best shape I had been in my life. I had cleaned up my diet significantly where I was eating, um, you know, I, I, 
the the diet plan that I followed, so this was the the other part of those steps that my holistic doctor gave me, was to eat an, a natural diet is what they recommended. So it wasn't necessarily all organic foods. It wasn't everything was the absolute best thing for you. But I tried to eliminate all of the processed food out of my diet. And if I could ever recommend a diet to somebody that was just trying to be healthier, um, you know, it, maybe they don't have an exact goal of like fitness goal or what have you. I would absolutely 100% recommend trying to eat a diet where you eliminate the processed food out of it. So if you can just eat whole foods and things that are, you know, <laughs> that, that don't have all the extra chemicals and crap in them, you will feel so much better. Uh, stick with that for a couple months and it's it's incredible it's amazing I, I remember one of the big things that i noticed after i was doing that clean diet for maybe four or five months that anytime i if somebody say i went to like a a gathering a party or something and, and someone had like a food and it had a preservative in it i specifically remember being able to taste things that had preservatives and just how awful it, it seemed to taste so it, it was so weird to me, but it, I, I remember just thinking like, I can't believe like, it, like it's hard to eat this because of this, like it, it just tastes so unnatural. What's and and what's in it, it, it was, it was weird. But uh, for anyone struggling with diet and health, it's not the easiest thing to do because you're going to be preparing a lot of your own foods and, and a lot of what you are going to be buying would actually be whole you know, whole food and you're going to have to make it or, or you're going to have to order it. There's a lot of meal planning now that wasn't as popularized then. So that would probably make things a lot easier, but it was a huge life change. And between those, those couple of steps that my doctor had given me I, and sticking with those for the better part of a year, I had felt peak level of, of what I had been you know, peak level fitness and, and mentally I felt great. I was in such a happy place in my mind and felt so, so good. Um, now, again, this was career wise. Now I'm probably talking, getting into like 23, 24 range uh, currently. So you guys know, recording this 2021, I'm 30 years old, but I was probably 23 or 24 at the time of this story uh, where we're at now. And this is where I started to have some injuries from running where I was starting to experience hip and knee pain because I, I was running on the street and it was daily. So I, I started to have some joint pain come from it, specifically hip and knee. Now, the, the part where it gets weird, and this is over the next year or two where I started to fall off of this routine a little bit because of the pain I was having. And, and I didn't, I, one thing that I, I, I wish I would have done was to change up that routine and realize, okay, well, there's strength, strength and conditioning things you can do. You don't have to just run all of the time, but in my head, it, I loved it and I loved the feeling I got for it. So that was my, my number one go-to. I, I did some stretching and yoga, but it wasn't nearly the consistency of my, of my running. So I, I, I slipped up a little bit there and I, I didn't find a way to change up what I was doing when I started experiencing that pain. Uh, that knee and hip pain specifically. Now, over the next couple of years, that pain would become worse, and I would start to get it through my whole body. And and this is something I had dealt with in really the past five to six years of my life, where I started having this body pain, where my joints would have really bad inflammation, and I would just experience pain all over my body. And sometimes I would have that, you know, pain in my chest come back, and it, it started to 
creep in again. The anxiety and panic attacks were coming back to my life. Um, and, and that body pain, it was, it was tough. So uh, around this 24, 25-year-old time, this is when I was getting into a position to change careers again. So as far as the career change, this is kind of what I was going to end with today for the start of this story. Um, one of the things that, that I looked at when I was, when I was making this change and, and one of the things I wanted to discuss in this episode was sometimes despite all of the right steps and all trying to do all of the right things in your life, moving in the direction that you, you know, want it to be, you have to recognize where you're at in the process and kind of take a, a minute for this self-discovery journey. At me at 24, I wasn't thinking about where I was at in the process or what I was doing with my life. I was living very much day to day. I I knew. Well, we'll get to the. the I guess we'll talk about it now. The, the the job change for me. So I was waiting tables and I was presented an opportunity, at the restaurant that I worked at because people liked me. I did a good job. I I was I was a hard worker, and. I was presented an opportunity to become a manager there. Nothing against restaurant managers. It's certainly a fine career and a lot of people do it, but I saw the people I was working with and I saw the time that they put in. I saw the effort that they were giving and they seemed burnt out and tired and just <laughs> like sometimes they got to enjoy themselves, but majority of the time they were just stressed and I, I didn't want to I didn't want to join that lifestyle. I, I always felt like there was something else I should be doing, and that just wasn't the route for me. I, I could see what they were doing, and it, you know, it, it was good money and all, all the other things in the world, but it wasn't what I wanted. So at the same time I was presented that opportunity, uh, maybe it's just the thing in life when you start being open to saying yes to things. And, and that's one commitment I made to myself around that time was I would say yes to things. I was going to take opportunity when it came. And a couple of guys came in that I waited on pretty regularly. They worked at a real estate office down the street. So they had offered me this opportunity to come and work with them. And, you know, I, I said yes to the interview. I'm like, well, it doesn't hurt. You know, I, I don't really know what goes into being a real estate agent. I don't know the second thing about it. My family was in, in uh, the housing industry and they built and did construction for years, but I, I really didn't know what that meant to be a real estate agent. So I figured, you know, they come in, they're well-dressed guys. They seem to always be in their suits and what have you. It's not really my thing, but I'll check it out and see. Um, they seem like they do pretty well for themselves. So I, I did interview over there and I got sold on this idea when I met with them that I could create my own schedule and you know make any money that I wanted. And really the big idea that they gave me was that there was this freedom in being able to do this job that I was really enticed by. I'm like, okay, so I can just work whenever I want. And it's, you know, I worked for tips for all these years. So yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's like I get to go and if, uh, you know, I do a really good job and, and people, you know, people, work with me, then I'll, I'll make money from it. And I wasn't necessarily scared by the idea of being a, on a full commission job because, you know, more of my money came from tips than came from my paychecks in my, <laughs> in my restaurant life. So I'm like, well, it's kind of the same thing. It's just on a bigger time frame. So it was pretty easy for me to relate those things in my mind. And it didn't seem super scary. 
I had a little bit of savings too at the time because I had I, I've never been like a really big spender, so I had put a you know put away a little bit of money where I felt like okay, well if there's ever a time to do it, and it seems like now's that time. So, got into real estate classes, did the whole you know testing and all of that, got set up, and within three to four months, you know I had told my job as soon as I made that that commitment in my mind that I was going to do it, I, I told my job that okay, I'm taking these classes. I'm going to be done with the classes at this time, about three months from now. And then, you know, the month after, I'm going to be switched over full time. I <laughs> I didn't take the time to ever ask, you know, what full time as a real estate agent meant or get any of the commitments straight. I just decided, okay, I'm going to jump in head first. I'm going to do this thing. This is my new job. This is my new career. So maybe I overcommitted <laughs> without even realizing what I was committing to. Uh, but there was in talking to the guys that had me sign up, there was, uh, they made it seem very easy. Like, okay, not only do you get to do this job, but there's also a bunch of opportunities on this team we work for. You could work as an apprentice. You can, you know, make some money, uh, working underneath somebody to get started. So to me, it seemed secure enough that it wasn't really a big deal. Now, when I got there and actually started full-time, that's a little bit of a different story of what the reality of what I was doing was versus what I thought it was when I signed up. So that's going to be in the next section here that we're going to talk more about when I actually got started into the, the real estate gig. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting time. So what, what I guess... I wanted to make sure that I covered in, in today's episode was just this idea uh, of a couple of things. Knowing that in taking control of your life, in finding things that you want to work on and that you want to do, you can really, you can, there, there is some influence you have because yes, we can't influence everything in the world around us and we can't make other decisions for people by any means, but we absolutely can control the things happening between our mind with some effort uh, there are things you know there, there are some things that we can do to to guide the direction of life and, and make sure that we're doing things that we want and having an openness and understanding and uh, ability to look for opportunity that's a really good start because when you're in a headspace where it's hard for you to even see <laughs> you know to, to be positive about yourself or your life it's hard to see any kind of opportunity to really improve yourself. And it's a dangerous spiral that it's so easy to get stuck in. And it's something that I've returned to and fallen back in. So it's this is not by any means a, a complete linear progression. It happens to all of us. And you can get back into a negative cycle so quickly. Um, so in thinking back about my younger self, I, I think the thing that I got so lucky with and, and happened to do right was just meeting that that one doctor that gave me a little bit of hope knowing that like though I deal with anxiety uh, social anxiety on a, on a big level like to a point where it can be crippling for me that there's there's ways to work through it and there's there's hope there and it does you have power you can you can take back parts of your life you don't have to be stuck so uh, I'm telling this story to you guys hoping that somebody will hear this and think that you know, there's there is a way out. I this doesn't have to be the rest of my life like this. And I, if I was gonna put a playbook together on a way to do it, I think that the and this is <laughs> sounds so generic and so cheesy, but you have to look into yourself, your p 
personal health and wellness first before you can start, you know, before you can find those things in your life that are going to help put you in a better place. Um, sometimes they could happen simultaneously, and I'm not saying that my way is the only way to do it. And your your journey may be faster or slower than mine. I think everybody has their own pace. So r this is, again, just the most generic, general way I could say, but take care of yourself first. Find out, you know, what why you're hurting find out what is causing your problems if you can and then start finding a way to work through them um, if it's similar to me and you have those issues with anxiety and depression I i'd strongly suggest trying to get yourself into a regular exercise routine and, and making sure that you're doing things to help take care of your body you might already be doing that and if that's the case you know there's i'm not saying that medication is the wrong way either that may be necessary for some people. I was lucky enough that I'm able to self-manage when when I keep control of it. If it gets out of control, then I do need um, medication and supplements to bring me back into a place where it can be manageable again. So again, different for everybody. That's something you're going to have to consult with with uh, you know a physician or or someone who might be able to help you out in that. In, in that field a little bit more maybe it's a therapist someone you can talk out some of those issues with because they're they're sticking with you and you're not able to get that trauma out of your life so um, physical health i think comes because it's it's so closely tied to mental health so getting that exercise in and taking a look at how w what we put into our body can affect the way that we feel so taking a look at you know diet again you want to make sure that it's it's in a position where you're you're eating healthy and you're giving your body what it needs to be able to produce the chemicals it needs and and do the things that your body is supposed to do in a natural way so those are huge now being able to have a place to talk and and socialize this also falls into your mental health when I was working at the restaurant, I had a really good group of friends and, and I had people that I was in regular touch with. Um, in the COVID era of this past couple of years, it can be a lot trickier because sometimes you're just on your own. And right now, like for, for me even, that's been one of the biggest struggles that I had after offices closed down and I, I had left my, my previous team that I was working on in real estate. It gets tricky because a lot of what you do is on your own you don't have that same community necessarily. So for those that are struggling with community and finding someone to talk to, there's people out there and effort is hard when you're in, in that kind of headspace. So try and chunk things down to little, th little wins. Maybe it's just a small bit of exercise. It's a walk to the mailbox at first. It's drinking a glass of water. It's just tiny little habits that get you moving in the right direction. Next thing you know, maybe it's sending a message to a friend you haven't talked to in a while and trying to take a look to progress in a little tiny positive ways every day. Um, again, I know it's tough to hear if you're in a bad spot, but it, I, I, it comes from a really good place and I, I want to make sure if there's any way that I can help somebody in that position, I do. So it, it might even be listening to something that gives you a little bit of mental reprieve, uh, be it a podcast or book or a TV show, something that you like find something that helps address the issues that you're having and you have to be the one to determine what those issues are but know that in working at it there is a benefit you can be in a better place than you were by applying some effort it's gonna be tough but you can do it so that's all i've got for you guys today 
I hope that this starts to open up a little bit of this finding yourself journey. I, I know that I'm still working on finding what some of the things in my life um, I, I, I hope to be. So I'm happy you guys are here with me and we're doing it together. This is a long story. So there's several parts to this that we're going to be going over over the next days and weeks. I'm going to keep putting them out there. I hope you guys enjoy and feel free to always uh, shoot messages to the Instagram. Uh, happy to answer questions or talk to you guys uh, listening to this. So always feel free to, to reach out. We're going to have some great guests coming on soon uh, in 2022 that we're going to hear about their journey. So there's a lot of really, really exciting stuff coming up here with Finding Self that I am so excited to share with you guys. Uh, this again is Jake Sudnick. Until next time, talk to you soon.